Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the Senior Pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. I'm continuing my teaching on Hebrews 6, chapter 1, and we will look at the second verse also. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles, which are the basic truths of Christ, let us go on to perfection, perfection speaking of maturity, not laying again the foundation of the first foundation for a believer, repentance from dead works, second faith towards God, the third the doctrine of baptisms, which is plural, fourth laying on of hands, fifth the resurrection of the dead, and sixth eternal judgment. Now, if you're here for the first time or you've not heard the first three doctrines, you can go to our Adonai Tube, YouTube, type in Adonai there, and you will have all the video teachings that are conducted in the service. And please pick out the first three. The first three is important, but this morning we're going to look at the fourth foundation for every believer, the laying on of hands. The first three doctrines establish our relationship and fellowship with God. The last three doctrines establish our service before God, our ministry before God. So when we look at the laying on of hands, it's the foundation for us to be instruments of what God wants to accomplish through our lives. Now, this foundation, the fourth one, the laying on of hands, is for every believer. If you're coming from a brethren background, Pentecostal background, the Methodist or the Baptist, whichever background you come from, this is an important foundation for our Christian life. Why is this doctrine of laying out of hands so important for the church? Because God chose these principles for two reasons. One, to transfer his authority and power from one generation to another generation. And the second, to transfer his power and ability or gifts from one individual to another individual. Now, the laying out of hands is not just only a New Testament concept, but it started right there in the Old Testament. And we see that from the book of Genesis onwards. For example, in Genesis chapter 48, verse 13 to 20, Jacob passed on the blessing to his children, one generation to another, and you will see that happening right across the Bible. Passed on the blessing to his children. How? To the method of laying on of hands. Jesus never wanted his work of redemption and restoration, the testimonies of healing, transformation of people's lives. He never wanted that to end after his resurrection. So he called his disciples and transferred his authority, his power to them so that they can continue his ministry even after he ascended into heaven. Now, this is what Jesus said to his disciples in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Can I see the hands of those believers here this morning? If you don't believe, you have time to repent till the end of the service. Give your life to Jesus. 
A believer is one who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and one who believes that the Word of God is infallible. It's a bow reproach. It's our guarantee on earth. That's a believer in short. And he says, these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. Look at what Jesus said. He is transferring the authority and power to his disciples to do these things. So that they can cast out demons, they can speak in new tongues, they don't have to live in fear who will poison them. He says, don't worry, even if you did drink anything poisoned, you will, you will be safeguarded. Now don't test God for that. And then it says, lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Now just a little bit, just for your encouragement, there is a difference between a miracle and a healing. A miracle of what you saw here was instantaneous. It happened immediately. The doctors were unable to bring healing. This lady suffered for so long. And I heard a story of how many fractures she had on her knee. With all those years of treatment, at that moment, we told her, get up and walk. And she walked and she says, God healed her completely just as it was before the accident. The man with the spondylitis was healed instantly. That's a miracle. Now, there is a healing. The Bible says when you lay hands, they will recover. Recovery is a process. And so when you pray for someone, laying your hands on them, believe God that there is a healing that's taking place. And in that process, they, are, they will recover to, to being whole and complete again. Is that okay? So yes, we believe God for miracles, but we also believe God for healings that can be a little time progressively restored to health or whatever situation they're going through. Now, the book of Acts is actually called the Acts of the Apostles because it is a written document of all the acts and all the miracles and the wonders that God did through the apostles in that book. So there was a definite transference of authority and power that now a book was dedicated to all the acts that the apostles did by the power of the Holy Spirit. This was after he ascended into heaven. Now that power and authority is transferred to us so that we can continue his ministry from that generation to this generation, from one individual to another individual. God has committed this task of authority and power to fulfill his mission, to carry out his ministry, not our ministry, his ministry to the preaching of the gospel and the laying on of hands. Can you see how important this ministry of laying on of hands is? You see, the laying on of hands is not our idea, it's God's idea. We don't lay hands because we like it or don't like it. We do it because God laid that as our foundation for our Christian life. Ministry of the laying on of hands. Now, I hope you lay your hands the biblical way and not this way. And too many of us have had hands laid on us in the wrong way. They left us scarred. 
But the laying on of hands is scriptural, it's biblical, because there is a ministry that God does through your hands so that he can accomplish the purpose of redemption and restoration in an individual's life or from one generation to another. Now, this is how the Apostle Paul viewed ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors, can you say, for Christ. We are not ambassadors of ourselves. We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent the heavenly kingdom. We represent a person called Jesus. We are called ambassadors for Christ. And as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ, we are be reconciled to God. And so the apostles understood it was God working through their lives. The minute you understand that the ministry of laying of, on of hands is not about how much of power you have, it's how much of power Jesus has, and you're willing to let that power and authority to flow through you. Can somebody shout an amen? We lay our hands on people in obedience to what God has said, having an understanding of the purpose of this ministry of laying on of hands. The principle of laying on of hands is given to each and every believer for three reasons, and you can write this down. The first reason is identification, the second reason is impartation, and the third reason is about commissioning into ministry. Three reasons. First one is identification, second impartation, and third, commissioning to ministry. But this morning, we'll just look at one, and I will continue the other two the following Sunday. The laying on of hands is a mark of identification. Now, when you see someone fold their hands like this, what does it symbolize? Tell me, what does it symbolize? Prayer. When you see someone lifting hands, what does that symbolize? Surrender, worship towards God. In the same way, laying on of hands is symbolic. It's a symbol of identification. Now, in order to understand what this identification is, we need to go back to the Old Testament and see how God instituted this in the offerings. In Leviticus chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, God instructed this for the people of Israel. When his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offers it of the herd, of the flock, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before God. If you're writing notes, if you have your Bibles, underline the word blemish. The word blemish means spotless, no fault. It's not deformed in any way. Why is that word important? Because the sacrifice is only a foreshadow of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. And so the sacrifice that was required had to be without blemish because it spoke about Jesus without blemish. Then it goes on to say, and he would lay his hand on the head of his offering, the head of that goat, and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting, and Aaron's sons, the priest, shall sprinkle the blood all around on the altar. Now, if you want to know more about this, please join the Adonai Bible School that will start next year. Part of the teaching is on the tabernacle and the Old Testament. Now, when an individual brought an offering to the Lord, this hand had to be laid 
on that offering that signified two things, identification and transference. What are the two things? Can you say that again? What's the two things? No, it took me a long time to understand what the sacrifices meant. Now, the reason why God required them to bring a young a animal with a blemish, because that animal represented their sacrifice that made them acceptable before God. Now, the wages of sin is death. That means every time we sin or we live in a sinful state, the consequence of our sin is death, spiritually, physically, and whatever. It has its outworking in our lives. This animal represented a substitute. Can you say the word substitute? Substitute means instead of me dying for my sin, this animal will be my identification. I lay my hands saying, Lord, this is my life I'm laying on the altar. It's a sacrifice on my behalf. You identify by laying your hands on it, and then they would confess their sins to transfer whatever sin, whatever guilt, we will look at that in the next verse, onto that animal, so that now that animal which was without blemish is now full of blemish because it represents the individual's life. Is that okay? You understood that? Let's look at the next verse. Leviticus 5, 5 to 6. And it shall be when he is guilty in any of these matters that he shall confess that he had sinned in that thing. That means specific sin. In that thing. Whichever area he sinned, he will confess that. And he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord for his sin which he has committed. A female a female speaks of submission from the flock. A lamb speaks of innocence. That's symbolic. Female, kid, young speaks of innocence of the goats as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him according to his sin. And then it goes on in Leviticus 1.4. And then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering. And it shall be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. You see, the animal that was sacrificed was the only way an Israelite, a person who had sinned, violated God's principles of God's commands to be accepted before God. That was no, there was no other way, through the blood that was sacrificed to that animal. You notice that in most religions they practice this? Still, why does an animal have to shed blood? Because it requires life for life. When you, instead of you dying, the animal dies. And the way the animal dies is by shedding blood. There's life in the blood. And when the animal sheds its life, it's shedding its life as a substitute on your behalf. Now, in the Old Testament, the laying on of hands was the solution to man's problems. Because if you got into trouble and if you rebelled against God, you bring your offering, lay your hands, confess your sin, and that's the solution. It was a way for God to bring redemption to man. Now, this sacrifice is symbolic to the sacrifice of Jesus, the only sacrifice. And I want you to see in the New Testament what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. It says, but this man, speaking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Can you say the word forever? Loudly, forever. 
That means when Jesus died, you know, an animal life can never be compared to human life. It's an inferior life. But God accepted that inferior life because of his mercy and grace to see mankind redeemed. And that's why it wasn't a perfect sacrifice. Until Jesus came into this world, one human being for another human being, equal sacrifice, Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood once and for all, without blemish, spotless he was, died for our sin in order to redeem us back to God. So now when we lay our hands on people, we identify no longer with that animal as our sacrifice. We identify with Jesus as our sacrifice. Can you see the identification as an important aspect? You don't lay your hands because you had a good prayer time this morning. You don't lay your hands on people because you feel very spiritual this morning. And the next day you don't feel spiritual and say, no, today I'm, I'm not so spiritual so I won't lay my hands on you. You lay your hands because you identify Jesus the sacrifice is the solution for man's problem. Oh, I thought I'd get a louder amen for that one. It's a mark of identification. You know, for us to be effective in laying our hands upon people, we must get the other three doctrines right. You know, we are too much in a hurry to lay our hands, and we're wondering why nothing happens. We pray, we lay our hands, no demon goes, no sickness goes, everything stands there, and so they look at you, you look at them, and hopelessness. And the reason why, because one, repentance from dead works is of good foundation, Second is faith towards God. Third is baptism, the baptism of water, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And fourth comes the laying of hands. You can't take one foundation and run away with it. You need the whole foundation. You can't build a building only with one cornerstone. You need the four cornerstones. You need the whole foundation in order for the building to be erected well. And so, the first three doctrines that the Bible teaches us is fundamental in order to equip us, give us an understanding, empower us so that we can carry on the ministry of the laying on of hands. Just as it was in the Old Testament, the laying on of hands was a solution for man's problems every time he identified with, uh, with the animal. The laying on of hands is a solution for today's problems of mankind. Isn't that true? You know what? God wants to heal. He still wants to deliver. He wants to still rescue people from the bondage of the enemy, transform their lives. But God is looking for people who would be willing, like what we saw during the worship. God wants to use our mouth. He wants to use our hands. Thank God for the testimonies that living free. Thank God for the testimonies at the conference. But God can use everyone. And I prayed this morning that we will be an army that God will raise up in this congregation. An army that will go forth with solid foundations doing the works that God wants us to do. He has transferred his authority and his power to you. Tell someone next to you that. God has transferred his authority and power to you. Tell them to carry on the ministry of Jesus. This is not about laying empty hands on empty heads. 
And too much of that is happening. Empty hands and empty heads. It's important for us to stop here this morning. You know why? Because if we don't get connected with the source, then all our efforts in laying on our hands on people is meaningless. And I want us to know that this is not about my ministry or your ministry. Every ministry is God's ministry. And every individual is nothing but an instrument for God to work through in order to accomplish his ultimate plan of redemption and restoration. Do you believe that? And so that's why we all qualify. And that's why we need to be available to God once we understand the source of our sacrifice. He is the one from him every blessing flows. So when you identify by laying your hands on an individual, you're saying, just as you lift your hands, you're not saying, Lord, I surrender to you. Your action of surrender is demonstrated by your lifting of hands. Your action of laying your hands on someone is a mark of identification. Jesus, you took this sin. You took this bondage. You took this sickness on the cross 2,000 years ago. And in obedience to you, your word, I lay my hands on this individual. It's a mark of identification. Next Sunday, we will look at transference. And that's why... I paused for a moment. I, when I was preparing, I stopped here and I worshiped Jesus. And I thought to myself, if we don't get connected to the source, everything that we do will be dead works before God. Dead works. We don't run with enthusiasm. We run with knowing that the Spirit of God works through us. All through the epistles, you will hear these words that the Apostle Paul says. It is God who works in us and through us to accomplish his purposes. Listen to me, church. This is not about me laying hands on you. It's not about, you know, how anointed I am or I'm not. This is about Jesus who healed. Who you think healed these people? You think I had anything to do with it? If I had, I would have opened a clinic by now. You see, it's beyond our human ability. We are just instruments, like this instrument without a person behind it is meaningless. You'll never hear any sound from these instruments till someone picks it up and starts strumming and starts playing it. You're an instrument in the hands of God. And we need to be connected. We need to be grounded, rooted, and established in the source. Jesus saying, Lord, you're my identity. I identify with you. You took my sorrow. You took my guilt. You took my sin. You took my sickness on the cross. You are that lamb. Let him be the center of everything that we do this morning. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com. 